The 100 Years' War, the Duguesclin period, Pembroke defeated at La Rochelle. Now, the harbor of La Rochelle is sited at the head of a deep inlet giving onto the great open bay between the islands of Ray and Orlerion. The approaches to the port were narrowed by sandbanks close to the shore, which became treacherous at low tide, creating difficulties for the heavily laden English cogs with their deep draft and inability to sail close to the wind. Pembroke's squadron entered the bay on the afternoon of June the 22nd, 1372. As the ships passed south of the Ile de Rey, they saw the whole Castilian fleet lying at anchor off the mouth of the harbor. Twelve galleys and at least eight carracks. Ambrosio Boncaragra had brought them across the Bay of Biscay to blockade the Gascon ports against Pembroke's fleet as soon as his plans became known. They had been laying in wait for him for several weeks. When Pembroke arrived, the tide was high but ebbing, and the Castilian ships lay across the channel. In spite of the inferiority of his forces, Pembroke seemed to have decided to try and force his way past the Castilian squadron into the safety of the harbor. The soldiers armed themselves. Several squires of Pembroke's retinue were knighted on the deck of his flagship. The men-at-arms were concentrated on the larger ships, archers positioned in the forecastles. As they sailed towards the entrance, the Castilians moved into formation, hoisted their banners, pinions, and streamers from their masts, and came forward to meet them. The probable site of the battle lies between two miles west of the harbor, off the promontory on which the modern port of La Palice is now standing. The English were caught between the enemy and the sandbanks and found themselves attacked at close quarters by the Castilian carracks. These towered over the much smaller English vessels. Their upper decks were filled with crossbowmen and a rain of arrows came down on the exposed English soldiers and seamen. The Castilian galleys were equipped with heavy-mounted arblasts and stone throwers which cast huge stones and lead projectiles to crush the timbers of the English decks. For their part, the English archers made little impression on the Castilian archers and crews, who were high up and well protected by timbered breastworks and large pavois, or shields. For several hours of fierce fighting, the English had lost two of their ships. Night fell and the Castilians withdrew. The English squadron anchored in an awkward position for the night, cut off from the open sea by the Castilian fleet around them. In La Rochelle, the senior English officer was English Seneschal of Sontage, Sir John Harpeden. He was making desperate efforts to find reinforcements for Pembroke's tiny army before the fight resumed in the morning. He pleaded with the townspeople to supply him with men and ships, but the English government had few friends in La Rochelle. Its shipmasters had no desire to risk their ships and their lives against an experienced Castilian war fleet. Harpeden eventually managed to collect together a force of Gascon men-at-arms from nearby garrisons. They commandeered four barges and succeeded in reaching Pembroke's ship shortly before dawn. Meanwhile, messengers were sent urgently to Cap de Bush and Sir Thomas Felton to bring in reinforcements from a field. As the sun rose on June the 23rd, the English found themselves against the sandbanks by the wind and the incoming tide, unable to move. The Castilians were lying upwind of them. During the morning, the Castilians closed again. Once more, it seemed to have been the Carracks, not the galleys, which took the lead. Pembroke put his largest ships and the barges, newly acquired from the town, in front of his line and posted all of his archers in them. The Castilian concentrated the entire force of their attack on these vessels. At least four Castilian vessels attached themselves to Pembroke's flagship with grappling irons and poured arrows into the ranks of the defenders. 
Eventually, they succeeded in casting oil over the decks of the leading English ships and setting them on fire with burning arrowheads. Pembroke fought them off for several hours with a handful of men-at-arms and some archers, but as the flames spread, their resistance began to fail. The horses in the holes began to shriek in agony, forcing their way out of the pens in which they were confined and breaking the timbers at the side of the holes. Men threw themselves into the sea to escape the heat. Pembroke surrendered and was taken into a Castilian vessel. All the Gascon notables were captured. The other large ships suffered the same fate. Sir John Harpenden, who was in one of the barges of La Rochelle, was captured along with several of his knights who had come out with him from the town. Once the larger and better manned English ships had been overcome, the Castilians made short work of the smaller ones behind. By mid-afternoon it was all over. The Castilians took possession of the surviving English ships, crewed the ones they could use, and burned the rest. Pembroke's treasury was captured intact. About 160 prisoners were taken, including 70 knights. A handful of men escaped after the battle, among them the resourceful John Devereux. But apart from these, there were hardly any survivors. Bocanagra's ships remained in anchor for the following night, the sounds of reverie floating across the bay. Then on the following day, they left with the tide and sailed for Castile to join forces with Owen of Wales. The sea battle off Lower Rochelle is sometimes regarded as vindication of the fighting galley against the sailing ship as an instrument of war. There is some evidence that the English themselves took this view, but it's hard to justify. The leading role in the battle on both sides was taken by sailing ships, and it was their height and manpower which won the day. The English were defeated mainly because they had chosen to send a small, lightly protected squadron to Gascony counting on good fortune, which enabled their ships to cross the Bay of Biscay without mishap so many times before. The folly of this decision should have been obvious. The real lessons of the battle were the importance of good intelligence and superiority of experienced professional admirals. Bocanagra's strategic judgment had been faultless. His ships were in the right place at the right time, as those of the French and the English admirals hardly ever were. On the evening of June the 24th, 1372, midsummer night, Sir Thomas Felton with Captain Bush arrived at La Rochelle with a large body of troops which they had recruited with admirable speed in the Tontage and the Bordelais. They found the town a scene of confusion. Castilian fleet had vanished. No one seemed to know what happened. Eventually, one of John Harpenden's Gascon companions appeared. He managed to persuade his capture to accept his parole and had found his way back to town. From him, they heard the story of the gravest strategic setback that the English had yet suffered in the war. So Pembroke's out. Let's see what happens next week when we see how the French fleet of Owen of Wales does. Now, the sources for this, The Hundred Years' War, The Chronicles by Froissart, The Hundred Years' War by Perrois, The Hundred Years' War by Nylans, and The Hundred Years' War, The House Divided, Volume 3, by Sumption. So I hope you enjoyed that. And as always, don't forget to come by the website, summahistorica.com or historyaccordingtobob.com and ask a question, leave a comment, check out our merchandise, and if you like what we're doing, please feel free to support us. Thank you very much.